Perpetual problems can come crashing into our life in such a way that it disrupts and brings distress to the serene landscape that we long to have. Like uh, the ocean waves crashing on a rocky shore time after time after time again. It seems sometimes like our problems come crashing in on us in the same way. And yet, when we come to Christmas, it's our opportunity to be reminded, to rehearse again that we have a Savior, a Rescuer, whose name is Jesus, who came to this world and engaged us right where we are and engages us right now where we are so that we might live a life of blessed peace. Over the last several weeks, we've been looking at the Christmas story. We've been examining the different characters and the lessons we learned from them. We began looking at Elizabeth and Zechariah, the parents of John the Baptist, and As we looked at them, we discovered that God had this plan to bring his rescuing love into the world through Jesus. And that plan began in Genesis and continued all the way and continues all the way to Revelation. But Christmas is the crescendo of that plan. And and as we looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth, we saw that that God's plan for rescuing love delivers a, a, a vibrant hope for us when we join him in that plan. Last week, we looked at Mary, and we saw that in spite of the trauma and the pain and the, and the interruption in her life that God's plan would bring, that, that because she embraced God's plan and pursued God's plan, that God's plan for rescuing love would deliver joy to her life, an overwhelming joy, and, and the same is true for you and me. Today, we continue our journey, and we're looking at Mary's husband, Joseph. And as we look at Joseph's life in Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 18 through 25. As we look at Joseph's life, we discover that God's plan of rescuing love provides blessed peace for us. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we see that, that, that there is a setting for anxiety here. Uh, it is uh, the setting that we discover uh, when Joseph finds out that Mary's going to have a baby and he's not the daddy. In verse 18, it says that, that Mary conceived and, and it was of the Holy Spirit, but Joseph didn't know any of that business. Uh, she, certainly, Mary had told Joseph that she was going to have a baby at this point. And certainly Joseph had heard the story that Mary told that, that this was something that God did. If you remember last week, we saw in, in Luke chapter one, that, that the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby. And Mary says, well, how can this be since I don't know a man? And, and the angel Gabriel says, well, God's going to take care of that. And, 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 and Although that was marvelous and fantastic, it was also very challenging because Mary was engaged to Joseph. Now, Mary's engaged to Joseph, and Joseph discovers that his fiancée is going to have a baby. Now, a couple of things about this. Joseph 
is walking through the pain of that circumstance. And you can imagine the pain of that circumstance, can't you? I mean, the, the overwhelming sense of, of, of uh, uh, doubt and disillusionment and disappointment that he experienced because of Mary. Uh, he, he was walking through that, that setting. And you know, I say, well, they, they were just engaged. But remember, the engagement was different uh, in the time of Jesus. In, in, in the setting for Mary and Joseph, Mary is probably 14 or 15 years old. Joseph was probably 18 or 19 years old. And they were betrothed. And there was a special ceremony that the two families came together and, and Mary and Joseph were betrothed. That is a lot like being married, except they didn't live together and they hadn't had the honeymoon yet. And so they are going to be betrothed for about a year. And then at the end of that 12-month period of time, they're going to have another ceremony where they then start living together and they have a honeymoon. Uh, and so uh, but they're in this in-between time. They're betrothed, but they haven't had their honeymoon yet. And they haven't started living together yet. But that, that time frame was just as if they were married. It was bigger than just being engaged. Mary was, uh, was, uh, was uh, uh, supposed to be loyal to Joseph and faithful and and now she's going to have a baby, and Joseph isn't the daddy. And so Joseph is captured in a whirlwind of pain. Now, you can imagine that, can't you? Can't you? I mean, you, you can imagine that. It, it may not be as severe as what Joseph was experiencing, or maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it is as severe as what Joseph was experiencing. You know the heartache and the struggle. Now, it wasn't just a little bit of uh, painful thoughts and ideas. It wasn't a bad breakup, two people dating. This, this was devastating. It's in the face of that that we see Joseph respond in a way that helps us. See, Joseph was committed on this journey. It's an amazing picture of a man who was faithful to God. In fact, verse 19 says, Joseph being a just man. That, that term for just in verse 19 is righteous. It, it, it's a picture of a guy that wasn't perfect before God, but a, but, but a guy that was pursuing God to live for God's pleasure. And, 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 and so Joseph was a man who was committed to, to please God. And, and, and in that pursuit of God's pleasure, he knew that that was the only pathway of peace. Please, Understanding, and y'all hear this, if you get nothing else, just get this. There's absolutely no way you and I are going to have peace if we're not pursuing God's pleasure. It, it's, it's not going to happen. I know there are a lot of things that would call us to different responses, but just know that the only way we can have peace in our lives is when we're pursuing God, trusting Him, pursuing His pleasure. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 26 verse 8 said that God keeps the person in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on Him, who trusts in the Lord. See, until our hearts and our minds are fixed on God and His ways, we will not have peace. It won't happen. Today, you and I can taste peace. You and I can feel it. We can know it. And and, and, and Joseph is going to help us unravel how to take hold of this blessed peace that God offers us, especially at Christmas. So in verse 19, 
with the setting all laid out for us and the pain and the heartache that Joseph is experiencing and maybe, maybe that you're experiencing today. Joseph began to walk a path toward peace. And that path meant that he was going to walk a path of God's truth and love. And this is, this is important. See, I, I was going to skip, I usually skip over verse 19. Not that I ignore it. I mean, it, it's a narrative, so I, I take hold of it. You know, Joseph being a just man, not wanting to make a public spectacle of Mary, uh, determined that he would put her away privately. Verse 19. I, I mean, it's not that I ignore it. It's just that, it's that I want to get to verse 20 and 21. See, I love verse 20 and 21. Uh, the angel shows up and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife for uh, the baby that she has conceived, that has been conceived inside of her, is of the Holy Spirit. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And all this was done to fulfill what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah uh, uh, when he said, uh, Behold, a virgin shall uh, conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. See, I like that part. Verse 19, I just, it's like that verse that you get, get past to get to the meat. But as I was studying this this week, I realized I was missing a whole part of the journey toward peace, at least that Joseph displays. How many times have you tried to make a decision when you didn't have all the information? I mean, tons of times. I, I, this week, I, I, dozens, dozens upon dozens of times. You don't have all the information. You don't have absolute certainty. You know what you know, but there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. In fact, I would suggest that uh, one of the pictures of maturity, I'm not talking about getting older, I'm just talking about maturity, because there's a difference between getting older and being mature. One of, the, one of the pictures of maturity is understanding what you know, but also knowing that there's a lot that you don't know. Well, Joseph was trying to navigate his life toward peace, and he understood that the only way to get to peace was to pursue God's pleasure, but he also understood that there's a lot he didn't know. So what was he going to do, and, and, and how was he going to navigate toward peace? Well, uh, in the midst of his emotional trauma, in the midst of his hurt and his anger, and, and in the midst of all these emotions swirling in his soul, he determined he was going to do what God said, as best he knew. And so he opened his Bible and he began to pursue what God said he needed to do. And in the journey of that pursuit, he, he was walking in God's truth. He was opening God's word, said, this is what God says, so I'm going to do what God says. Now, guys, listen, if you want to experience peace, if you want to walk the path of peace, it goes along the track of God's truth. Peace for you and for me is not found outside of God's word. It's found within God's word. It's not found outside of God's truth. It's found within God's truth. If you want peace in your life, and I do, don't you? Even when things are rotten, even when the world around you is falling to pieces, even when the path you're walking is crumbling, if you want a solid, stable footing, when the trail that you're walking is crumbling all around you, then you've got to stand on God's truth. So God's truth said that Joseph needed to put Mary away. You need to break ties with her. And that's what God's truth said. Today, you want to navigate certain situations that are robbing you of peace, then the first thing to do is go to God's word. Find his truth. What does God say? Do what God says. Look, it's, it, it, the, the temptation 
is for us to be swept away by our emotions, right? And, and you, you couldn't fault Joseph for that if he, if he did something rash or emotional. I mean, certainly everything in his life was overwhelmed by emotions in this point. But the solid foundation for a world that's being swept away by emotions is not more emotions. It's God's truth. So he's walking the path of God's truth. He said, all right, I'm, I, uh, God's truth, and this is what God wants me to put her away. But Joseph didn't just hammer on God's truth. He was also walking the path of God's love. Now, I want you to see this because this is so important. We live in a world where somebody does us wrong, we're going to do them wrong in return. We live in a world where somebody hurts me, I'm going to hurt them back. I mean, I do this, you do this, we all do this. This is part of what we battle as followers of Jesus. But friends, the pathway to peace is not getting even. pathway to peace is showing love. See, here's what Joseph did. He said, hey, listen, I've got the truth. I mean, I need to put Mary away. I need to stop this betrothal. But I want to do it with love. I want to do it with love. He said, the scripture says, not wanting to put her away in a public fashion, to bring more shame upon her. You see, what he could have done is get all the families and extended families of both sides, Mary's family, his family, get everybody in the room, bring the whole court of people, all the community together, bring Mary up, put her up and say, this is what she has done. Now she is no longer my betrothed. And that would have been according to law. It would have been okay for him to do that according to law. But Joseph didn't want to hurt her more. She was already going through her own process of pain and shame. He knew that. He had talked with her. So Joseph determined to do it in as private a way as possible. You know how it worked? Instead of having all the families and extended families getting together with this whole court, Joseph brought into a room the fewest number of people possible, two witnesses. And he determined he was going to bring those two witnesses together before him and Mary, and they were going to dissolve their engagement. Guys, that was love speaking. That that was love speaking the truth to Mary. It was love speaking the truth to the community. Joseph was a man who was just. He sought that which pleased God, but he wasn't just about the truth because he understood that God's God's pleasure moves along the track of God's truth expressed in love. If truth is the track, love is the engine. Truth, that gives us a solid footing when everything else is unstable around us. It's God's truth that gives us a solid foundation on how to live each day toward peace. But it's God's love. Listen, it's God's love that warms our soul when everything else around us is a wintry chill. It's God's love that warms our soul It chases away the the monsters of 
bitterness and anger and wrath, enemies to our peace. Joseph Joseph wasn't content just to hold on to God's truth. He, He understood that if he was going to have peace, he needed to move along the track of God's truth and love. You want peace in your life. You need to walk the path of God's truth and love. But even though he walked the path of God's truth and love, it did not automatically and persistently chase away the enemies of peace. You see, his setting didn't change. His circumstances didn't change. He was still struggling with the swirling thoughts. Listen, he was struggling with the swirling thoughts of his own struggle and his pain and his suffering and the causes of it. You look at verse 20. It says that while he was thinking about these things or while he thought about these things, uh, that verb for thought... In the Greek language, it's a combination of of two words in the Greek. One is a preposition that means to be captive to or or to be uh, saturated by, to to live in a prison, so to speak, or live in a house. Uh, It's a a picture of of I am overwhelmed or saturated with these thoughts. And and then the, the second word is the Greek term thuo, which means to have an overwhelming feeling inside, like a whirlwind inside me that that just keeps swirling and swirling and swirling and swirling and swirling around. So here's the picture in verse 20. While While he thought on these things is really a picture of while his mind was swirling with thoughts of the pain that he was in and the causes of the pain. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He was having those, I want to go to sleep and forget, but I can't hardly get to sleep and forget. And all I can think about is how I'm hurt and, and how I've been hurt and how bad it is. And I don't want to live here, but it's hard for me to escape it. And I know that if I stay focused on God, that he's going to give me peace. But I need, I need something to invade my space right now because I am overwhelmed and I don't know if I'm going to make it another moment. I just want to sit here and cry because it's so hard and it's so bad. And I just, I want something to, 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 to soothe this struggle that I'm in and, and overwhelm this pain that I'm feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm swirling and I don't know what to do. I'm filled with anxiety and I don't know how, how, to, how to make it better. God, I'm trying to walk this path of truth and love, but God, you know where I am emotionally. You know what this is doing to me. God, I can't, I can't find my way out. God, I need a little peace. And so God begins to speak. Don't you need God to speak in your life today? I mean, you can read the books and you can read the pamphlets and you can take the notes and you can read the text, but really when it comes down to it, oh my God, please speak to us today. Give us peace. I need more than just a, a, a neat little uh, paragraph to read. God, I need, I need for you to invade my world right now. God, speak, please. In the midst of our swirling thoughts and we're trying to walk this path of, uh, of truth and love and And we need God to invade, and so God invades, and he begins to speak. The angel appears to him in a dream or a vision and says, don't be afraid. 
to take Mary to be your wife. For the boy that conceived inside her is of the Holy Spirit. Affirmation, confirmation in the midst of our swirling storms. God begins to speak to us. You want to know why? Because when we're walking, now get this, this is a great principle. When we're walking the path of God's truth and love. When we're walking along this path of God's truth and love, it tunes our heart to hear from God. I think, I think maybe one of the reasons why we're here and, and, and we lack peace and, and things are bad and, and, and we're swirling in our thoughts, but we can't hardly get hold of peace and, and, and we don't feel like God is close. Maybe, just maybe, and this isn't the only answer and it's not even all the answer, but maybe part of the answer, part of the reason God feels so distant is because you're, you're not really trying to walk the path of God's truth and love. And so your, your ears are not tuned to God's speech. Now, again, that may not be the case. Maybe you are walking the path of truth and love, and there's something else that's creating this dilemma, and I understand that as well. I know goodness knows that, that there are times when, when, uh, when I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to hold on. You know, have, you ever, have you ever been on the monkey bars? You remember when you were young and you're on the monkey bars, and, and, and you're, you're trying to go from one rung of the, uh, of the monkey bars to the other rung of the monkey bars? I don't know if that's what that's called. Whatever that's called, that, that, that right there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and you're trying to get from, from, from one to the next to the next to the next, and your arms start getting heavy, and your fingers start, start getting weak, and, 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 and you, you, you stretch and stretch and stretch to the next one. You barely get hold with the very tippity tips of your fingers, and, and you're trying to hold on to that, and it begins to slip. And, and then this arm that you've got, it begins to slip, and you're going, oh, my goodness, I'm about to fall all because my strength's about to give way. And, and some of you, that's where you are. You're, you're just, you're stretched out and you're barely holding on and you need God to speak. I think that's where Joseph was. And so God began to speak. And when God began to speak, everything began to clear up. And at least one aspect of it. Now, this is the good news. One aspect was cleared up. God spoke and said, what Mary's told you, Joseph, is true. You can, you, you can, be, you can be confident that she's telling you the truth. It is, a, it is a weird story, we know. But this is God speaking. And, and so Joseph was overjoyed, elated. There's Mary. I can trust her still, right? But then there's a whole new set of worries. See, the whole new set of worries is that now he's got to choose whether or not he's going to be part of this whole plan. Because not everybody's going to believe that Mary had conceived and given birth to a son. Joseph was not the dad and the Holy Spirit did it. In fact, as we look back and we see Mary and Joseph, we think, wow, what heroes, what a great couple. How awesome is that? That's what we look back and see. I'm going to guarantee you for the rest of Joseph's life, he was known as that guy who had an illegitimate son.
for the rest of his life, he would be known as the guy who was foolish enough to believe Mary. The people in Nazareth weren't going to believe the story that we believe here today. So Joseph understood what what was being asked of him. Don't be afraid to marry. Don't, Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. So in the face of the uncertainty of God's purpose, of God's plan, that, that now what was, see, what was robbing him of peace was something somebody else did. When that's resolved, God said, Mary's telling you the truth. That part is resolved, but then the problem or the enemy was, uh, of peace was something God was going to do. God says, this is the plan, and Joseph has to decide, do I want to be part of that plan? And if I'm part of that plan, I'm going to go through my own struggle. I'm going to have to find peace in the midst of this pain. And so Joseph sets the example for us to follow, and that is, if we're going to walk the path of truth and love, and then face this, these, these options of whether to, to pursue God's path or, or not pursue God's path, and, and understanding that if I pursue God's path, and, uh, then, then, then I'm going to have problems, but how can I choose to embrace problems even though it's God's will? And the answer is you soak in the good news that God delivers. See, so often what we do is we soak in the bad news or the problems that God's plan is going to create. We we love to think about how bad things are going to be. If this is what God wants, then let me tell you how bad it's going to be, right? We look around here and and this whole property is is being uh, shaved down, right? I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's uh, trees are gone and 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 fences are encroaching on on our uh, sanctuary over here and 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 parking is gone and 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 we look at that man. If all we do is see how bad it is, then we're living in a hopelessness and there's not much peace and and so all the swirling thoughts that we have about this property are going to continue and there's not going to be any relief. But if we turn that over and see the good news that God is delivering because of everything that's happening around us, it changes our perspective. See, Joseph got to hear the good news of God's purpose. He said, the angel said, you're, you're going to be part of this baby's life and his name is Yeshua. Yeshua was not just uh, a name that, that, that rolled off the angel's tongue without any significance. It's not like saying Eric or Sam or Bill. It was a name that was filled with significance. And, and, and when you couple the significance of Yeshua with the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7, 14, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and he, his name will be Emmanuel, which is translated God with us when you couple Yeshua and Emmanuel together, Joseph knew exactly what the angel was saying. This is the Messiah. 
This is the one we've waited for. This is the one who will rescue us from the shame and the pain and the guilt of our sin. This is the one who will set us free. This is the prince of peace, the Tsar Shalom. This is the one that we've wanted to come and be the ultimate warrior to defend his people and provide victory so that we live in peace. This is the one. So here Joseph is. He says, I've got a lot of problems with this story. It's not going to be easy. And then on the other side, he says, but look at what God is going to do. And Joseph chose God's purpose, even in spite of the pain, because he knew that God's purpose would lead him and others to peace. We look at the, all this stuff that's going on around us and, and we say, oh my goodness, it's so bad and it's so inconvenient and it's so, so troubling for us. But, but because we are followers of Jesus and because our focus is on the good news that, that God in his rescuing love sent Jesus to provide rescue for sinners and that, 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 that Jesus is with us right now. He is God with us right now. We look at all the changes that are happening on a piece of property and, and we see this is an opportunity. This isn't a problem. This is an opportunity. This is a bridge for us as a church to do more than we've been doing. It's an opportunity for us to, to, to stretch out and accomplish even more in, in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the, the people in the seven cities of Hampton Roads. This is an opportunity. It's not bad. It's good. It's something that God has done for us, and it is wondrous in our eyes. I mean, right now. There are more people who see this building than at any other time in my 13 years as pastor. It's time to start inviting people. It's time to start bringing people. It's time to start telling people, this is where we're gathering. You come and you're going to find peace. That's, that's what Joseph did. Joseph began to take hold of the good news. And even though the purpose was going to bring him pain, he saw the peace outside, beyond the pain. Do you see the purpose beyond your pain? And, and I know, look, I know it's hard. I really do. What, what would inspire Joseph? You look at verse 24. Verse 24, uh, the scripture says that Joseph arose from his slumber, got up, and did exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. And he took Mary to be his wife. Amazing. What would inspire Joseph to do that? Why would Joseph obey courageously and immediately? Because he knew that this was part of the path toward peace. If you're going to find peace in your life today, regardless of what's happening around you, you've got to obey God immediately and courageously. Joseph believed God. And so he stepped forward to pursue what God had given him to do, even though it was going to be hard. Now, everybody look this way. Listen, now I want you to get this. You will not have peace if you do not obey God. It won't happen. No matter what your well-wishing or well-thinking is going to be, 
If you do not obey God, you will not have peace. But if you do obey God, regardless the pain that you have to navigate through, if you do obey God, you will have peace. I, I want you to think about this. And, and, and here's uh, kind of an application for me because, see, I know it's hard. I know it's hard for us to say yes to God when it means pain for us. You know, you had the Heisman, college football Heisman Trophy winner last night, and, and we're in this season of football where award, in college football where awards are going to be given, and, and uh, you have football games that you want to watch. One of the, one of the challenging things about uh, football for me always was I was always a, a wide out, which means that I would go out and I'd catch a pass. That's glorious. That's marvelous. Yay, because, you know, you get to catch a pass and, and run and everything. But the hardest thing about being a wide out is, is when you go across the middle and you know that when you stretch out to catch the football, you're going to get hit. And you're going to get hit hard. And it could break a bone or two. And you've got to catch the ball. You've got to hold on for the benefit of the team. That's part of your purpose. And, and see, when, when we as followers of Jesus, when we obey God courageously immediately, it's us saying we're going to go across the middle. And we're going to stretch out and we're going to take the hit. But there's going to be peace for us. Now, that doesn't hardly make sense in, in real world. You know, it, it doesn't hardly make sense because it makes more sense to play it safe, right? I mean, it makes more sense, uh, you know, just keep your head down, play it safe. Don't worry about doing all this extravagant. No, when, when we are followers of Jesus, we know that the only way for us to experience peace, even though, even though it mean, may mean pain, the only way we're going to experience peace is if we obey God. And sometimes God's route sends us across the middle. So the question is, how do we do it? How, how, how can we today, right now, find peace in obedience to God? Especially when it's going to cost us something. How do we do that? Well, the answer is in the text. This is Emmanuel. God with us. We're not going across the middle on our own. God is with us. When we determine to be obedient to God, we're clinging to Jesus and we're saying, Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't even know the right steps to take. But God, Jesus, I'm, I'm counting on you to lead me through this route. And I'm counting on you to give me strength. And I'm counting on you to give me courage. And I'm counting on you to give me grace. And I'm counting on you to saturate my soul with love. Jesus, I'm counting on you to be the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, the warrior that provides peace for me as I cling to you. Jesus, I I need you. You're God with me. Please, please, please go with me. Help me. Hold on to me. Comfort me. Strengthen me. It's hard for us because we're so used to, you know, 
reading Scripture. You know, we read the Scripture, we listen to the sermon, or we read a book or a passage in a, in a, in a devotional book, and, and it tells us what we need to do. This is what God says. This is what we need to do. And we think to ourselves, okay, that's, that's the directions. But sometimes it's hard to get from the directions to the actions. It's like the story of a son who sends his older mother, an aging mother, uh, a, uh, a, a, a gift for Christmas. And, and the gift comes in and his mother uh, gets it uh, and opens it and, and, uh, and, and it's a brand new smartphone. And uh, this, this mother was raised in the uh, it, it, you know, it, it's the Great Depression years. You know, she doesn't know smartphones. It's it's uh, the World War II years. She doesn't know smartphones. It's it's uh, uh, it, it's the 1950s where TV became a thing, and and uh, it, it's it's the 1960s and 70s where where telephones were then in every room in the house, not just uh, every other place in the. And and then and then then there's this thing called computers. I mean, she's just seen so many changes in her world, and and she's just figured out. Facebook on the computer and how to turn it on and turn it off and, and, and comment on her grandchildren's uh, posts. And she just figured that out. And so here she is and she gets this present. She's so excited because it's a smartphone and she's not of the digital age, but she feels like maybe she's entered in a little bit. She calls her son, not on the smartphone, but on the rotary dial landline. And she calls her son and says, thank you so much, son. That's so great. And, and the son says, have, have you opened it up? Have you tried to get it to work? She says, oh, no, not yet, but, you know, I'll figure it out here in a bit. And she hangs up, and then she opens up the package, and she, she turns it on, but it, it's not, there's nothing there. There's no, no dial tone, nothing. It just, it's just nothing. And she looks at it, and then she breaks out the instruction manual, and you've seen those instruction manuals, they're little books, you've got some Spanish in there, and you've got some French in there, and some German in there, and she finds the English portion, she starts reading that, and she reads it, and reads it, and she rereads it, and she rereads it, and rereads it again, and, and so she tries to follow some instructions, she has that, that troubleshooting, or shooting trouble problems thingy, and she looks at that, and she tries to work, and still, nothing, she just can't get it to work. She does this for a couple of days, and, and uh, um, then she goes and meets her friends for bridge, and, and they're sitting around, play, or maybe canast, I don't know, but they're playing, playing something, um, maybe chicken scratch. I don't know what they're playing, but dominoes. They're, they're sitting around the table, and they're talking about Christmas presents that they've been getting, and each one tells a story, and finally this mother says, says what she got, and, and they all ooh and ah, and, and then she looks, and she says, yeah, but... I think I really needed a son to come with the instruction manual. She, she didn't need just a book with instructions. She needed her son to be there to help apply those instructions, to make it work. Good news for us. God sent his son to apply the instructions to our everyday life so that we can live in his peace. Look, I know you're struggling. I am too. I, I know that there may be deep wounds in your soul that, 
that one sermon ain't going to fix, and I don't expect it to. But, oh, my Lord, will you let this be a starting point? Will you just listen to the Lord as he speaks? Will you let him talk? Will you hear from him and cling to him? And my prayer this week for you has been, oh God, move among you, among us, with power so that your presence saturates our lives and so that we can live in peace, have life in all of its fullness, no missing parts. My prayer for you is that you would tune your heart to hear from God right now and that you would obey him courageously and immediately. And all the while, Jesus, Emmanuel, will hold your hand through the journey and he will give you peace. Would you bow your heads, please? This sermon is not meant to be an easy answer to complex issues and problems that you're facing. I would never presume to offer such a thing, but this message is the story of Christmas. That's more than just a holiday season. It is a lifestyle that we are to live. And today, God in His great grace speaks to you and he offers you peace. I know that there are things that you're holding on to. There are things that, that block the distance between you and peace. But can you hear the peace of God ringing through the song of Christmas can you hear God's love calling out to you and inviting you to peace? Maybe there's something in your life that you need help with. And man, I, I understand that I, more than you'll ever know. One of the first Bible passages I ever memorized as a young child was Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and I think it does apply here. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, listen, you don't have to live in the swirling chaos. I mean, you can have peace today. So come to Christ and talk to Him about your trouble. This altar is going to be open for you to come, crying out to Him. He's ready to help. There are going to be ministers here at the front. Man, we'd love to talk with you about any spiritual decisions that you have. Some of you need to join the church. Some of you need to talk about believers baptism but some of you just need to come and have somebody pray with you that's why, that's why we're up here we want to pray with you but don't don't, don't stay the same
please. Don't, don't let this moment pass and you dull your ears to what God is sharing. This, this is an eternal moment brought into temporal time where God himself is engaging you and me and he desires to give you peace. So God, right now, as you did for Joseph, will you speak to us? May our ears be open to hear. Inspire us to obey you in this moment courageously and, and, and immediately. Let's let, help us to, to, to find strength through your hand. God, help for us to, to, to find peace through you, with you. I'll be glorified by what you accomplish in this place today. And it's in the name of Jesus, who is our peace, that we pray these things. Amen.